0: idol and I don't want to have to work twice as hard for the same motherfucking title but I Welcome to 2024 prom party.
1: It is 9 a.m. on New Year's Day (laughs) and we are ready to rock and roll. We got home
0: (laughs) seven hours ago. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. Let's go. Let's go.
1: Also, like I'm getting the weirdest feeling of deja vu. This might have been how we recorded the first episode of last year. I'm not sure. Probably. It might just be deja vu.
0: (laughs) Who knows? Maybe we're trapped in a time vortex.
1: Aren't we though? Yeah, yeah. That just every <laughs> For the last, year. like, five years. Yeah. <laughs>
0: we are kicking off 2024 with a film that we both love
1: quite dearly. Listen, everybody loves this movie.
0: It, some people don't, because oh, those people what? have not seen it.
1: <laughs> Legitimately. They, yeah. I know some people are just like, oh, Miyazaki movies, they're a little whatever, they're a little toothless for me. But, like, no, but, like, as craftsmanship... As art. Mm-hmm. As a good dub. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, Don't be such a grump.
0: <laughs> we are talking about Spirited Away.
1: This is our second Miyazaki.
0: This is our second Miyazaki film. We realized that we haven't done one since Kiki's Delivery Service. And almost three years ago. Almost three years ago. And it does feel thematically appropriate to go from Kiki, to Spirited Away. They're both stories about growing up. They're both stories about going into a new land on your own and having to kind of figure out how to... You know, survive.
1: Yeah. Um, I also think that, you know, first of all, the boy in the hair is out right now. So, like, mm-hmm. everyone's just like, God, look at Hayao Miyazaki go. Mm-hmm. Look at him doing his thing. Um, but also, Spirited Away feels like a New Year's movie.
0: It really does. Because,
1: like, I don't know if it's like, is. it just looks kind of like a night market or the kind of place you go to for a bathhouse in Japan. But here it's like, there's people doing things after dark. It feels like New Year's.
0: Yeah, it does. It does have a lot of New Year's energy. It's also very bright, uh, which is very exciting. And it's just, it's beautiful. And it, it is about kind of starting anew.
1: Mm-hmm. And new so, Year, new me.
0: Yeah, New Year, new me. Or in this case, you know, tunnel into another land don't remember when i get back (laughs) yeah okay
1: so this is something that i said when we finished watching it and they they get back and like there's dust and leaves on their car and i'm like man i really hope those parents are reasonable and aren't gonna be like screaming at the movers going like what do you mean you got here two weeks ago (laughs) we just got here (laughs) and they're not just like totally unreasonable which like it doesn't make any sense, but like I it would know, be really funny. I hope they're just not mean to those movers.
0: <laughs> well, I'm surprised that somebody hasn't made like an animated short of the the moment after this movie and
1: it's exactly that. I think that'd be really funny. Yeah.
0: Oh goodness. There you
1: go. Y'all can have that idea for free.
0: <laughs> so Harmony, what is your
1: connection with Spirited Away? I think it for many people, this was the first Miyazaki movie they saw. Properly, mm-hmm. um, I remember this making very big splashes, especially in like an early, early 2000s, like anime collective. Like you were into anime. It's like, oh my God, it won an Academy Award. Yeah, that was a huge deal. Anime is going to like take over, man. <laughs> like it's elevated. People are taking it seriously now. It's not just Toonami anymore. hmm So I don't know. I remember that being pretty substantial. What about you?
0: So it- What's interesting is that I saw Spirited Away for the first time when I was babysitting. Uh, The two kids I was watching really loved anime. Like, they were big on, like, Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z. That
1: was their thing. Mm. And so I was
0: babysitting. I love
1: that in anime, they can just go, I'm into anime, and it does not matter what the content of it is, Mm -mm. because Spirited Away, Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z are so wildly different.
0: (laughs) That's very true. But, I mean, they're, like, eight years old, so it's just, like, if it vaguely looks similar, it might as well be the same thing. No,
1: I I understand that but just in terms of like the types of stories and the themes that yeah, they're approaching it's like close. No, <laughs> I just like anime. It doesn't matter what. Which like totally <laughs> was how it was at the time where it's like you're just going to watch whatever anime is on mm-hmm. because you're just like I like anime. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so they were like, we went to a spirited away. And it had like just won the Academy Award. So they did a, a release of it in the States with the dub and they really, really wanted to watch it. And I was like, okay. And I was like looking at it and I was like, I don't know how this looks a little crazy. And I sat there and just got so sucked into it. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. This is so good. Yeah. It's magical. <laughs> yeah. So we watched it, I think, like twice over the course of like two days or something like that. I watched them for like a whole week. And uh, I was not upset about having to watch Spirited Away again because it's great.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's wonderful.
0: So if for some reason you have not seen Spirited Away, here is our synopsis. In this animated feature by noted Japanese director Hayao Miyazaki, 10-year-old Shihiro and her parents stumble upon a seemingly abandoned amusement park. After her mother and father are turned into giant pigs, Chihiro meets the mysterious Haku, who explains that the park is a resort for supernatural beings who need a break from their time spent in the earthly realm, and she must work there to free herself
1: and her parents. Correct.
0: Yeah, I feel like whoever wrote that genuinely likes this movie and was like, here's how I give him a little taste I mean, that's like without the first, spoiling it.
1: That's like the first 10 minutes of the movie. Like, there you go. You're caught up.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's all you need to be invested in the film. Because if you know more than that, it becomes spoiler territory.
1: True. Yeah. Like, I don't, personally, I don't think, we, we've talked about how much you don't care about spoilers, but also just like explaining what set pieces are in a movie to me isn't a spoiler, but apparently mm-hmm. that is for some people. But I'm like, no, it's how you use the set pieces that matter. Mm-hmm. Like if I say, like, oh yeah, well there's aliens and they fight them with the power of rock and roll, they go, what? <laughs> that isn't a spoiler for Wild Zero. That is a selling point. That's true. That's but true. Some people that that you know that that does that's that's
0: a step too far. Sacrilege. Yeah.
1: Ah, <laughs> I don't want to know that there's aliens. Um, so the opening of this movie. BJ's goes, oh, hell no. Dad needs to mind his business. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I would investigate the amusement park.
0: And I was like, yeah, I know this about you. And this is why I'm like the nagging wife. Because I'd be like, no, stop. Don't eat that.
1: This is why I'm going to. Well, I wouldn't eat the food. I'm not going to eat the strange, mysterious food in this abandoned amusement park. (laughs) Like, that's how, like, old folk tales start. And, like, that works for this. But, like, yeah, I would totally get House of Waxed. (laughs) Like,
0: just be like, oh, check this town out. Yeah, yeah, you would get House of Waxed, and I would be really sad about it. Sorry. (laughs) So Spirited Away came out in 2001, and it was the second ever film to win the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. It won the year after Shrek. So something that people forget all the time is that Disney did not win the first two years of Oscars, which I think is, like probably was really scary for them because it was a definitive sign that they have competition. Um, Mm -hmm. But Spirited Away was very much the film that legitimized not only anime, but Studio Ghibli, I think, as a whole in the States for a lot of people, even though there were definitely fans that have always existed, that always knew about it and always loved it. But this was on a much larger scale because this was also a time when the Academy Awards still kind of meant something.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. Contextually you're coming off of a fairly downturn for Disney. Like the rise mm-hmm. of Pixar. Like they're they're Yeah, Pixar they're is killing taken it. over. <laughs> but like by the late nineties, Disney's not exactly putting out the A work that they were at the start of the decade. And as far as like Studio Ghibli is concerned, like this is For all intents and purposes, like, the proper follow-up to Princess Mononoke. My Neighbors the Yamadas is in the middle there, and, like, I actually really like that. It's my favorite movie with Jim Belushi in it, (laughs) because he's the dad, and he's marvelous in the dub. Yeah, he is. Um, But this is, like, the proper large-scale follow-up to that, and... At the time, it was a very, very big deal when they did the dub for Mononoke and brought it over here because there had been previous dubs of things like Totoro and Kiki's Delivery Service that had been put out. Mm -hmm. But when they did Princess Mononoke, Neil Gaiman did the dub and did a very, very diligent job to not change anything in translation. Mm -hmm. And that was seen as like a very huge stepping stone in terms of like not taking artistic liberties with dubbing anime. Mm -hmm. And... We would see, like, the, that's the benchmark. Like, Ghibli dubs are so good. They're up there with, like, the Fooly Cooly dubs or, like, the Cowboy Bebop dubs. Like, they're they're that good. But also during this time is when we're getting, like, the 4 kidsification of stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's where you have two different dubs that we're getting. Like, oh, here's the Toonami dub of Yu Yu Hakusho. But then there's also the, the Adult Swim dub where they mm-hmm. get more violent sometimes. It's uh it's a really fascinating time in terms of how we process anime over here mm-hmm. in terms of how we're distributing it. Um I I kind of I I don't know, maybe it's just me being nostalgic, but I'm like I love the the anything goes of this era mm-hmm. and how we how we brought it over here.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. And just to kind of look at the voice cast as a little bit of the context, the English voice cast is pretty ridiculous for this um, especially because Ghibli wasn't so huge yet and they still got really great uh, actors. So Chihiro is Devi Chase who most people know as Lilo in Lilo and Stitch. She's also the little sister in Donnie Darko. She's also Samara in The Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so that
1: And Lilo and Stitch came out like The year before this? No, it's the same year. it's the same year? Yeah. (laughs) All right.
0: Uh, Which is, you know, something really interesting to think about. Like, she was essentially against herself at the Oscars. Mm -hmm. Um, Haku is Jason Marsden, who is, you know, one of the most- Max Goof. Yeah, Max Goof, Thackery Banks, one of the most decorated voice actors ever.
1: Certainly of his era.
0: Yeah, uh, Yubaba is Suzanne Pl- uh, Plachette. Uh, she is in The Birds and Rome Adventure, and she was on the Bob Newhart show, Like, so she's a classic. Um, Susan Egan is Lynn. Susan Egan is obviously... A, a, a Disney person. She's Belle in the, in the Broadway musical. She's Megara on Hercules. Um, and then she also does Ghibli dubs because she's Madame Gina in Porco Rosso. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a lot of great stuff going
1: on here. Tara Strong's there as a large baby. Yeah. Tara
0: Strong's a large baby. John Ratzenberg, who is, you know, for the longest time was the Pixar you know good luck charm is aniyaku no face is bob burgeon who he was like porky pig for the longest time um michael chiklis is chihiro's uh dad
1: which like is really funny considering he's not in very much of this movie i know lauren holly is
0: the mom (laughs) uh and she is mary from dumb and dumber so like there's just like really great voice actors that are just like here oh yeah in uh david ogden Stiers is uh is kamaji and he's cogsworth and you know a tv legend mm-hmm. so they got like a genuinely amazing cast and the thing i always really respect about ghibli dubs is that they'll have like one or two people that are quote unquote like celebrities but they are celebrities who also have a history of voiceover work, like someone like a Will Arnett, Mm -hmm. um, who a lot of people recognize their name, but they also do a lot of voiceover and know how to do voiceover because it is an entirely different art form than acting.
1: Arguably, Will Arnett, is better known for voice acting at this point.
0: Uh, Kind of, yeah. I think he
1: transitioned from being a live action guy to being a more prominent voice actor. Yeah,
0: and he's really good at it. Yeah, And so that's something that I love about Ghibli is that all of these actors, even if you know them from their live action work, they all know how to be voiceover artists. This isn't just somebody showing up because they're a celebrity and we're just hoping that people are going to watch the movie because they're in it. Mm -hmm. Chris Pratt. Like, that's... I know that's the low-hanging fruit, but it's true. Yeah. So. You just
1: load it up with stars. You, mm-hmm. s- you sell it on name value.
0: Mm-hmm. Zendaya is Michi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the Ghibli dubs never do that, which I think also goes a long way as to, like, why they are so good. Because they're artistic. You're right. They are artistic.
1: Yeah. There, there was a um. I I don't know if it's a thing that still gets, like, absentmindedly shared around, but there was people who have, like, poor points of reference, who would say Hayao Miyazaki is, like, Japan's Disney. I think that that's Which is so so incorrect.
0: That's so dismissive, and I get why people say that. It makes it easier for people who don't understand animation and culture to kind of grasp the gravity of his impact. So in that sense, I understand it. But also, like, how dare? Uh, (laughs) Hayao Miyazaki is Hayao Miyazaki. Like, he doesn't need to be compared to anybody.
1: Yeah, like, th- th- there are other people you could be comparing that to, but also, like, just in terms of scale, like, Ghibli does way more ambitious things than Walt did in his time period oh, no with animation. Question. Um. Also, Walt was, Walt was dead by the time Miyazaki was, like, doing his movies, mm-hmm. so, like, it's really not a fair comparison to be making. Yeah, no, not even close.
0: So, something else that I think is important for context is looking a little bit into the culture and the mythology of Spirited Away because it is so heavily rooted in Japanese culture and folklore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Spirited Away translates to kamikakushi. Um, I'm also going to apologize for potentially butchering Japanese words. I am trying my best. Um, but kamikakushi is essentially this belief system in Japan that if somebody goes missing or if somebody is gone for a long period of time that they are not kidnapped they're not dead in a ditch somewhere they are in uh kamikakushi which is essentially they are on a very large adventure they are with the spirits of the world and they have the potential to come back someday it's a way to kind of have a more optimistic approach to what Is kind of a stressful or depressing or sad time, Mm -hmm. Um, which I really like um, because we don't really have that in the States here. Like everything is very doom and gloom, and there's not a lot of optimism for, you know, a lot of systemic reasons but I like this idea of having something positive to cling to. So Spirited Away is essentially Chihiro entering the Kamikakushi of crossing through that tunnel and now she's in the spirit realm and it does seem kind of scary, but there's always the potential that she will come back. Oh, yeah. And I like that a lot.
1: Like It's so clear that this is very, very rooted in like Japanese folklore. And honestly, what kind of makes this movie perfect is that If you have no context for stuff like this, then it does not matter. Like, I remember playing a lot of, like, weird NES games, and they would be like, why is there a jumping umbrella with one shoe? I don't understand why this is an enemy. And it's like, because this game was made in Japan, and that's a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Here, it's just kind of like, yeah, it makes the world feel more foreign- Mm -hmm. like not in terms of like it's japan but just in terms of it being like a spirit world yeah it makes it feel more mysterious it also follows like a lot of little kid logic Mm -hmm. so yeah no it translates so perfectly
0: yeah and they this belief system is also used to comfort children who have lost their parents as Mm -hmm. well which i quite like i guess we could similarly say like oh you know Fluffy went to heaven kind of thing.
1: No, they went to a farm upstate, BJ.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this sort of belief system is that like, you know, it's okay. They've been taken by the spirits and they're like having a good time. Like they're
1: okay. I mean, that's kind of what parents do where it's like your turtle ran away. Mm Mm-hmm. Your turtle ran away. <laughs>
0: um, so, some other things to consider is that obviously the the tunnel serves as kind of the the passageway. In Japanese folklore, tunnels and bridges are used frequently um, to be points between this world and the other. So, they're leaning into that. So Yubaba, who is like I guess the our antagonist of this film, um, is based on the mountain witch Yamaoba, um, and that is sort of Japan's version of like what we would consider as like the witch in Hansel and Gretel or the Baba Yaga of Russian folk tales, mm-hmm. because a lot of folk characters exist cross-culturally they just have like different names or you know a little bit different rules but they serve a very similar purpose
1: oh yeah um so honestly, that's a, her purpose here a lot of them end up being formed independently of each other yeah um i might be misquoting this information to an extent but i believe that it's like the north american vulture and like the one found in like eurasia have no roots together, they just evolve to serve the same purpose within their environment. Mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of the, the the situation that you end up with where a lot of people have similar stories about stuff like this because it just seems like the most natural conclusion.
0: Definitely. Um, I mean, in one of her powers that we see even in this movie is the ability to take away somebody's name and cross-culturally taking somebody's name is considered a, a work of dark magic. And mm-hmm. if you have the ability to do that, you practice dark magic. So sure. I think like that's kind of cool. So the river deity Haku, like that's also cross-cultural tons of different cultures have gods and deities over aspects of nature. Um, Kamaji, who is in the boiler room is kind of like a Spider-Man. Um, this He's is a Spider-Man. <laughs> He's the Spider-Man. Um, but this is based on a Japanese spirits called the Chetsugumo. Um, and That is usually a derogatory term for people who defy imperial authority. But, of course, like a lot of people who, you know, defy imperial uh, authority then take that on as kind of like a positive thing of like, hell yeah, I did that. I'm a
1: badass. (laughs)
0: Which I kind of like. Um, And then, of course, just in general, there are just lots of spirits all over the place in this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we have the stink spirit. We have the giant baby. We have all of these, d- the the frogs. We have the heads. and Frogs what...
1: and frog-like people-looking people.
0: <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting, too, is that, like, I think about, like, the three heads and, like, though the three heads are also seen in um, a lot of different anime because mm. it, that's a pretty common, like, symbol. I know that they're also, that's the basis for some Pokemon, um, yeah. which... You know, Pokemon also grabs a lot of, like, folklore
1: pieces. Especially as things get more complicated.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So even without that, like, baseline knowledge, Spirited Away is still very enjoyable. But when you have that additional information, I think it does, like, make the story stronger.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Which Which, is, like,
1: us going from Kiki's Delivery Service to this, which did not really need a ton of historical context because it was just... It building its own world.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's based on a book. Well, yes, so.
1: but I'm saying like it establishes its own world and rules versus here where it's like, here's what all of this is a reference to. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. But before we dive in any deeper, it is time for everyone's favorite part of the show.
1: Happy New Year prom party. Over on the Patreon this month, we got, uh, we got some fun stuff and some changes for you. For our Sadie Hawkins dance episodes, we're talking about John Cusack's Better Off Dead because there's a skiing plot for some reason in this movie. We're also talking about Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. I remember that movie being funny, but I was also in high school the last time I saw it. We'll see how that works. Instead of the musical milestones this month, we're actually changing things up a little bit. We had so much fun discussing You are My First Boyfriend, that uh, we're actually going to t- take a little detour for the $1 tier over there, and we're going to talk about some documentaries for a bit. This month's is called The Bad Kids, and BJ assures me that it is quite stellar, so I look forward to that. And, as we're finished with My So-Called Life, we're starting a new TV homecoming, and uh, I'm, I'm sure you all are appalled and excited that we are going to spend the next few months going through the first season of Daria, because I have never seen it. And I'm sorry for that, but I'm very excited about this experience. In addition to all of these fun things, subscribing to the Patreon also gets you access to the back catalog, our monthly playlist, and the suggestion box. It might be a new year, but it's the same old story as always. If you're unable to support the podcast for any reason, we just appreciate you listening and sharing us with a friend and rating us if you haven't. Uh, and leaving any comments you want on, on Spotify, because you can do that. Thank you so much. And now back to the movie. Alrighty,
0: so since this is a story about a, a great transition, a coming-of-age tale, I think it's best if when we talk about Chihiro, we talk about her before and during and after, because mm-hmm. there's essentially three different versions of her. So when we first meet Chihiro, how do you feel about this character?
1: See, I feel like, and this is done really well, you're not really sure of the specifics of her. Mm -hmm. I think you just project a lot of feelings onto her. Because I'm just like, oh, she's clearly a brat. But I'm like, I don't know if she is. I think Mm -hmm. she's just, uh, like, she's young and scared and going through, like, the trauma of having moved. Mm -hmm. But also, like, you Baba's like, you're a spoiled little rich kid. How dare you? You've never worked a day in your life. And I'm like... I, that's the inference I got, but she also might be being mean. I don't know.
0: Right. Because there's also this thing too of like, okay, well her having not worked, even though she's like, I don't know, 11, 12 years old.
1: Spirited away as a child labor movie.
0: Right. Like it doesn't. <laughs>
1: Spirited away supports child labor. <laughs> like
0: it doesn't necessarily mean that she's a spoiled rich kid. She just might not have to work. Like there are definitely families that are still poor that didn't have their children work Mm -hmm. so you know we don't know and I think you're right about like projecting onto her because a lot of the characterization she has like when you're not really paying attention to the situation it's like god she's such a whiny buzzkill yeah and then when you really think about it, it's like no she's right though like she's right
1: why I mean you would be doing that situation of like why are we going into the haunted amusement park dad yeah absolutely I would (laughs) so it's like that seems pretty reasonable um My understanding, though, is, like, when you go to school, like, it's encouraged to help clean Mm -hmm. um, because everyone has to take care of, like, the school and your classroom and stuff like that. Right. And Shakiro doesn't know how to do floors as well as everybody else. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think she might also just be a little bit of a lazy kid. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just how that is. Mm -hmm. She certainly has had it. Probably easier than other people.
0: Definitely. Like, I mean, because everything is on a spectrum, of course. Yeah. So, you know, and when she first gets there, it seems like she's, you know, she's very untrusting of everybody. She's very loud. She's very brash. And it's like, well, yeah, because she's scared and she's a child. Yeah. Like, this is exactly how a kid acts. Like, if you have ever seen any child who gets lost in, like, a mall or a Sam's Club slash Costco, whatever is closer to you. That's exactly what it is. Everything becomes very defiant and it's like, I don't want to talk to you. You're not my mom. I don't know where I am. Yeah. Um, If it's not just a full-on breakdown, which she does both. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's a lot of fear going in there. There's a lot of hesitancy. I like the way that Miyazaki also depicts the physicality of that. When they're going through the tunnel, she grips onto her mom's arm like Mm -hmm. very, very intensely and she has this very stern look. Like, I don't know how, but it's like, I can tell by looking at her that he's animated her with like a furrowed brow almost. Like, she looks pissed. She's like, I don't want to do this, but I have to do this because I'm respecting my parents, but this sucks and I don't like it. And it's like, you know what? I agree with you. I'm with you on this. If I was also supposed to like be moving to my new house and my dad was like, hey, let's take this little side trip. I'd be, first off, what have you done with my father? My father would never stop ever on a road trip. Yeah. That is not even for the fucking bathroom. I was like, but number two, um, I would want to be exploring either because all I want to do is just get to my new place and start to try to figure out how to put my life together because I'm being uprooted.
1: My parents would be like, Fine, if you're not coming, just stay in the car. And then they would just abandon me for two weeks as they get turned <laughs> into pigs. And then they would just never come back. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that that's Chihiro for, like, the first bit of this movie. Um, she's disappearing. And then Haku is like, I'm going to be your friend. I've just felt this strong emotional connection to be your friend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and I'm going to make you not disappear and vanish.
0: And and the thing is, like, I think that is sometimes a thing. I don't know if you did this when you were in school, but I definitely have had a couple friends in my life where, like, I didn't know them super well or, like, they look – I don't want to say, like, they looked sad at the lunch table, but it was kind of that situation where, you know, somebody auditioned for, like, a school play, and they got in the chorus, and they didn't really know anybody, and I was like, hey, what's up? You, you seem like somebody needs to talk to you. I'll yeah. talk to you.
1: You're just an outgoing person That's like that. That's just what I do. I tend to just mom a business and can very easily talk to everybody.
0: So. I'm, a, I'm a mother hen. I just like to get my chicklets together.
1: Yeah. That's what I do. You're Michael chicklets.
0: My Michael chicklets. <laughs> <laughs> but once she realizes like that she is here, she does immerse herself into this world pretty quickly.
1: I mean, what alternative do you have?
0: Well, one, what alternative do you have? Yes. But also this to me is very reflective of something that we talk about a lot in in the horror sphere. So there was like the big boom in the 2000s where horror movies Got like really obsessed with remaking Japanese horror movies mm-hmm. with like The Grudge and The Ring. And fun fact the guy who did The Grudge and Ju-On, he also uh, directed the live action version of Kiki's delivery service that I watched. It's not great, but you know, that's just a fun little tidbit I'm throwing in here. But the big problem that existed when we were doing these Americanized remakes of Japanese horror is that in Japan, if there's a ghost, there's just a ghost. Like, Mm -hmm. everybody in Japan is like, ah, yes, a ghost. Cool, moving on. Whereas in America, it's like, well, why is the ghost here? Why can't the ghost cross over? What is the ghost's purpose? What does the ghost want? And if you don't give that information, people refuse to suspend their fucking disbelief. And so- American remakes of these movies get bogged down by having to include like all of this backstory lore
1: exposition, like all of this stuff, because we are just nothing, nothing more threatening and mysterious than understanding how and why stuff works.
0: Yeah. And it's because culturally in America, like save for, you know, religious things like you know oh that's an angel or whatever Mm. there isn't a collective agreement on how people view the supernatural um so there has to be something built in for everybody to understand this ghost story so a lot of these movies like didn't hit as hard because you had to waste so much time doing that for American audiences to actually buy in whereas Spirited Away like, because Chihiro is from Japan, like, even if she doesn't look to the camera and go, you know, this character certainly reminds me of this Japanese folklore, we have an understanding that she knows what this is and has just bought in. It. It's like, oh, okay, I know what this is. I mean. I've heard about this.
1: Okay. Kids are also, like, not set in their ways. They're, you know, used to being guided around by parents. They're a little more malleable. Definitely. Um, So that there's that. But. There's just rules of this movie that they set up and just go. We're not going to explore it. It's like you're see-through. Why you just don't belong here? It's like you got to eat. You got to eat spear food, otherwise you're going to turn into. A, a, a nothing, you're gonna disintegrate. But if you eat too much, you're gonna turn into a pig.
0: Mm-hmm. And also,
1: like, you're gonna forget your own name just because she pulled some letters off some paper. Like, there's just things where it's just like, yeah, it happens. You're going for a ride. Yeah, I don't have and, any way about it. And
0: that's something that I love so much is that hold we your breath
1: when you cross the bridge. it's The only way the spell works. I'm like, sure.
0: See, and like holding your breath while crossing a bridge—that's a superstition that does exist in a lot of places. I've it's heard that
1: for cemeteries. Yeah, it's the
0: same. Hold your breath when you're driving by a cemetery or going over a bridge. Like those are also cross-cultural sort of practices. Mm -hmm. but what you're saying is like exactly it like she just she buys in and it's like okay cool no questions asked and the movie also doesn't make like the movie also doesn't provide information for the audience it's like either you're you're in or you're not like you either give yourself over to this story and it's rules or you don't yeah and I think that's one of the things that a lot of people in the west struggle with when they are consuming anime or any sort of um like Japanese storytelling is that they can't let them, they can't give themselves over to it.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, that's what we always refer to in this household as anime bullshit. Mm-hmm. We're just like, that's just some bullshit. You're just going to have to deal it's with it. It's just bullshit. part of the genre. Yeah. You just kind of um, got to deal with it. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, the difference between in this versus like, you know, the ring here is that like, that's a ghost invading our world versus this is a human in their world. So it's like mm-hmm. the rules are pre-established with or without her. So like it just kind of is, I think you're willing to give it up more. Um, I also think in this country, like there's a larger problem of like we don't have folk tales properly here. Like And there are back the ones in the that day, we do
0: have kind of suck. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, back in the day you had like Paul Bunyan and his big blue ox and, and Johnny Appleseed and just like these very Americana type folk tales. Mm-hmm. But we don't have like centuries old things
0: mm-hmm.
1: aside from like religion.
0: I th- yeah. I think that's why
1: one reason we're so nuts about religion here is because it's the closest thing we have to folk tales.
0: Yeah. And it's also why we get so intensely into like cryptids because yeah. it's Again, the closest thing that we have to folklore. Bigfoot's like,
1: like less than 100 years old yeah. in folklore.
0: Yeah, or like the Jersey Devil. Like that's something that like is very new. Yeah. And yet we get kind of fixated on it and we're obsessed with it because we just, we just don't have them in America.
1: Tales, Because I don't know, there's, there's interesting stuff about that. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when I was living out of my car in 2009, I would just be like, when I was in Massachusetts, like there was three states where I was able to just like get this public access thing. On like Sunday mornings, where it was like, oh, we're gonna t- we're gonna tell you old stories about Irish folk tales about fairies tricking kids to g- into going into to the woods, and then they're gonna turn them into girls, and there's gonna be some moral <laughs> about not going into the woods. And I'm like, cool, all right, that's just that those are the rules. That's what fairies do, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just conniving little bastards, mm-hmm. and we just don't have stories like that here. And uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, we just kind of don't, and the stuff that we do have. Is so new that people are able to be skeptical of it. Yeah. Um. Because it, it it's too close to when we can actually like fact check things, mm-hmm. so we kind of ruin our own fun in yeah. that way. <laughs> yeah. No.
1: Exactly. So, Chihiro needs to work at the bathhouse in order to like buy her freedom. And the, there you go. Nobody wants her there
0: and okay speaking of the bathhouse that's another thing that I think culturally people get hung up on
1: oh that in America we only use bathhouses really for one thing and it's gay sex yeah
0: Exactly that. Uh, whereas in Japan, like this is like a very normal thing. Like people just go to the bathhouse to take showers. Like that's just what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in the states, we use they it for build something.
1: community. Damn it.
0: Yeah, in the states, we don't use it for that. We use it for a uh, buffing. Yeah. Um. So I think people are always like, "She's working at a bathhouse. What?" And it's like, it's not for
1: that there.
0: It's different. People
1: who are mostly naked is just because they're at a bathhouse. Mm-hmm. The radish spirit is wearing a loincloth with his little radish butt out just because he's getting clean, not because he's, like, TTF. I love the radish spirit, though. And I know you do, too. I think the radish spirit is great. Uh, we were watching this, and I was like, man, one of my favorite jokes is when someone just picks a random character from, like, the background of something and goes, like, can I just say something without everyone getting mad? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, radish spirit can fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love him. He's great. Uh huh. Um. So, yeah, she. you know, she's working at the bathhouse, and part of this is her learning independence it's her learning how to take care of herself and to also take care of other people Mm -hmm. because she is working in a service industry job this is what she's doing (laughs) Um, and I think that that's also like such an important part of growing up is that when you think about like everybody's first job Mm -hmm. unless you are kind of like a rich kid who didn't ever have to work as like a high schooler or a young adult um, and obviously I'm projecting I'm speaking in generalities here but by and large your first job is something in the service industry either food, retail something of that ilk working with the public mm-hmm. um, and I think that you know people joke every so often like in America that it, that should be like mandatory the way that some countries like make people join the military for a short period of time like you have to work in the service industry I kind of agree with that yeah I like genuinely really agree with that like that you have to work in either service industry or customer service in some way shape or form because you need to like it's the fastest way to learn empathy and to learn also like how big of asshole some people are oh yeah it's definitely getting thrown into the pool uh without floaties on of like here's the real world figure out how to navigate your feelings while you're dealing with day-to-day things have fun
1: yeah, um, I, I I think everyone absolutely should do that. My mom, whenever I'd go out to dinner with her and she would just start talking shit about like, can you believe this staff? And being kind of an asshole about it um, to me. Um, I'd be like, hey, when was the last time you ever, did you ever wait tables? She'd go, yeah, I did in college. I know what it's like. I'm like, you don't. Mm-mm. Cut them some slack. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, I have absolutely worked jobs where like, the rich kid got dumped at our location because their parents were like, this will help you build character. Mm
0: -hmm. Whether that
1: be like a clothing resale store or like this fucking shitty diner. Like I've had people who come from money just get put there. And in my experience, they don't learn things. Mm -hmm. They're not actually learning any kind of humility. They're not learning work at that. They're not doing anything. They're just like, Phoning it in and making it everyone else's problem because they know at the end of the day that they come from money.
0: Yeah, that sucks.
1: Like, that could have been the story here somehow, Mm -hmm. but that's not an option. Right. Like, you either get your shit together or you don't.
0: Yeah, you get your shit together or you're stuck here forever and your parents are forever pigs. They're going to get eaten. There's just going to be this pig with that fucking high and tight haircut. (laughs) forever
1: it goes away eventually (laughs) i assume it falls out
0: (laughs) it just like comes off in one piece (laughs) oh yeah like a
1: lego piece just clips off
0: all right um but i i like this element to to her because we also get to see really who Chihiro is as a person through this like when the stink spirit comes in and she's the one who takes the initiative to get all of the stuff out of him and like that, God, the animation in that scene is so beautiful. Fucking
1: Ghibli fluids. Oh, my God. Tears, water. Oh, my God. It's Just all the way so it moves. beautiful. Ah.
0: Um, but she's the one who takes the initiative when everyone else is like, ew, gross. I don't want to. She's like, well, this is what I got to do and, like, takes care of everything.
1: Listen, like, also when he gets in there and she plugs her nose and it's like, don't plug your nose. You'll insult our guest. I'm like, D- Yeah. Like I watch a lot of Dr. Pimple Popper and Dr. Sandra Lee is always like the most professional person who does not want anyone to feel bad about whatever they're there for today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: I mean, that's why uh, masks are great, because then people don't know if you're like, oh my God,
1: the smell. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So Chihiro is obviously like the main character of this story, but she does have some other people going with her. So the main other character is Haku. So how do you feel about this character?
1: Haku is like, you want want to believe in him, right? Yeah. From our perspective, he's very kind because he's taking care of chihiro but hearsay is that he's a lackey and an asshole yeah but we don't see that so i mean there's doubt but i don't know he's a little ambiguous mostly because he's under control and doesn't even know his own name Mm -hmm. so yeah no I, i i like haku but for most of the movie you're just like I don't know. It's,
0: I don't know what to make are, you. Are, are
1: you a problem? Like, I don't know.
0: Which I also think is a very important part of coming of age is of meeting people and having to learn how to. And having to your friends ass-
1: talk shit about them and just be like, don't be friends with
0: them. I mean, kind of, yeah. <laughs> learning how to like assess people and make your own, make your own call on like whether or not you like this person or dislike this person or want them in your life or don't want them in your life. Yeah. Regardless of what people around you are telling you, like, you can take in that information, but ultimately like it's your choice and your perspective. And that's what she's got to do, which I really, really like. And you know, when Haku becomes, you know, the, the, he's not a luck dragon, but he, looks like a luck dragon never
1: ending story
0: (laughs) and like you know he gets he gets hurt and he's bleeding and god the blood again yeah Ghibli liquids it looks great Mm -hmm. Uh, when the blood is everywhere like she really takes it upon herself like no I have to help him because this is my friend and Mm -hmm. I want to make sure he's okay and that's a very mature thing I think a lot of other kids would be like ah blood and like freak the fuck out and Shiro's like no I need to like chase him around this building and and get him the help that he needs, or he's going to die, and I have to be the one to help him because that's my responsibility as the person who witnessed him getting hurt.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that even just beyond that, we established much earlier in the movie that she wants to help people. Like, working in the bathhouse, that's just kind of something that she's got to do, but like the part that actually drives her is helping people because you see that at the start when one of those dust sprites just is a little... A, the, the, the coal's a little too big for him and he squishes himself and it's like, cool, I will help you carry this small rock and struggle the whole way. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't want that little sit sprite to get fucking crushed and, and <laughs> smothered under a stone. Um, And then they all start to just be like, oh, I don't want to do this shit anymore. Carry my rock and it's adorable. So sprites are so cute, yeah.
0: Like, and obviously, like they're one of the most famous, you know, little characters to come out of Studio Ghibli because they are so cute, yeah. And but they're then, simple. But then you watch it and you're like, no, they're perfect. Like mm-hmm. they're such perfectly designed characters. And they
1: throw those little those little candies to them that are uh, that are what the, the 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 star bits from Mario Galaxy are based on. Mm-hmm. There's those little Japanese candies that are just like, ah, yes, they feed them sugar. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so I wanted to read something from Filmed in Ether. It's an article called Of Growing Up and Alone, 20 Years of Spirited Away. It's from 2021 by author Robin Matudo. Um, I probably said that wrong, and I apologize, Robin. Um, but I think this gets to the heart of Spirited Away says there are loads of theories online about the true meaning of Spirited Away. Everything from prostitution to an adaptation of The Odyssey to a meditation of traditional versus modern Japan have been presented to the zeitgeist. But really, the essence, or spirit, if we want to get cheeky, of Spirited Away is growing up. Most of all, it is about the courage it takes to strike out on your own. While Chihiro has the help of many people along the way, it is her independence that carries her throughout the rest of the film. Possibly the most iconic scene from the movie is Chihiro taking the spirit train to Zaniba. When she gets there with the help of her allies and is accompanied by No-Face, the almost two-minute long sequence through the ghost-like ocean feels like a meditation on solitude. To grow up, you go alone. There are hands to lift you up, but to make that trip is to face it head-on by yourself.
1: Okay, so that shot.
0: The the train shot. The, the train shot.
1: The, the, every movie has... A shot. It's the one that's always used for like website articles, or if you Google a movie, it's the first one to come up. And the poster doesn't count. Like that's maybe the single shot of any Studio Ghibli movie.
0: It's like that, and like Totoro at the st- at the the, the stop. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, you got me there. Yeah, 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 I was like, I was about to argue with that one, but I was like, oh, no, that one's that one's pretty fucking fair. <laughs> but it was like, well, that, I, I can think of like a lot of different shots from different movies. Like Kiki has several shots. Motonoke okay mm-hmm. has several shots. But it's like, nope, this is the one. That's the one everyone uses because mm-hmm. it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's nice. Like that whole, whole scene. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just that we don't have proper fucking trains where I'm from, but whether it's like this, (laughs) we have
0: terrible public transit (laughs) in Cleveland. Oh yes,
1: definitely. Um, But I just think there's something really nice about riding a train. I liked it when we went to Chicago and I just got to fucking ride the train. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the end of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles when he's just like on the train. He's just thinking about things. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Something about traveling but you're not the one driving It just gives you time to think. Time to relax.
0: And it's on an airplane, which is the most uncomfortable experience oh, yeah. in the world.
1: No, airplanes are dreadful, especially if you have long legs like mine.
0: Mm-hmm. Or if you're fat like me. Yeah. We're just, we're the worst people on airplanes. We, we <laughs> shouldn't
1: be built for planes. Or...
0: <laughs> planes were not built with us in mind. Yeah. Planes don't give a fuck about our comfort.
1: No, not at all. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I love that though, because I feel like I would do so much like self reflection if I rode the train.
0: Mm hmm. That's real. That like, honestly, the, some of the best, like, thoughts I've ever had are on, like, Metro lines going from my parents' house into the city or on, like, or on, like, the CTA in Chicago of just, like, yeah. sitting there and just, like, being with your thoughts because, like, you also... The, like There's, like, some white noise to it. Yeah, there's white noise to it. Like, the same it. way that
1: I have deep thoughts when I'm in the shower.
0: And there's also just kind of, like, a social understanding, like, leave people alone on the train. Yeah. Like, we're all getting from one place to the other, so, like, you don't feel the obligation to, like, talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get to just be in your own little world. That's why when Chihiro is sitting with no face, they're both sitting and facing the same direction. Like, they're both facing forward. Mm-hmm. They're not angled at each other or talking to each other face-to-face. They are sitting next to each other, facing out, because that's what you do, is yep. that you're sharing space with people, but you're in your own worlds.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, it's it's so lovely. But 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 speaking of No Face. Uh-huh. And his gross human teeth.
0: I oh, I hate it so much. The
1: fact that sometimes he has hair. Oh, I hate it so much. <laughs>
0: I I know I think we've talked about this on the show before, but if we've not or if this is like your first time hearing this, I have such an issue when things have human teeth that shouldn't have human teeth. Oh, yeah. Uh it's why I don't like like I love the Terminator movies, but it's why Terminators scare the shit out their of me. skull teeth. I hate the I hate them. Oh, it's so upsetting. I hate it, your their metal human teeth. Oh shit I shit
1: shit. It. shit for out i don't like um, it and
0: so when no face opens like because he has you know his mask on to like you know hide his face essentially yeah. and then he opens his mouth and i'm just like ah,
1: no i Teeth. hate it he ate a frog man
0: i know he ate a frog man a frog
1: man that i think is voiced by squidward
0: i think so too <laughs>
1: um no like this to that similar note i got to freak out my co-workers the other day by talking to them about uh about sheep's heads which mm-hmm. are those which are those walleyes that we have in Lake Erie that have gross human teeth. Yeah.
0: God, they're so scary. <laughs> my
1: grandpa was like, Fucking hate these fish. They eat my bait and they don't taste good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just like things with too human of teeth are are unpleasant. Like ugly Sonic, it is gross human teeth. Oh, I hate that. Uh uh. Mm Nope. Mm-mm. Um, but no face, like, what a good not villain villain. Yeah. Like he's just lonely. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just also doesn't know how social interaction works. He just goes, oh, to make friends, I will give you the thing you want. I just give you all these gold. I'll just give you stuff. And granted, it's like fake gold. Mm-hmm. It's like magic, magic dirt gold. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's like everyone gets caught up in the greed. Everyone doesn't wake up Baba, who actually knows what the fuck this dude's deal is. Mm-hmm. And he just becomes a beautiful, fluid Gross blob, mm-hmm. and but he but he looks so good when he runs, and it's nasty.
0: Yeah, he looks great when he runs. Anything with like the food scenes with him are yeah. so beautiful to look at.
1: Oh yep. my god! And this is why this movie won the Academy Award.
0: Yeah, because it's unbelievable. Like it's so beautiful, <laughs> especially because
1: I'm not sure that like this is something that we talk about pretty regularly when we talk about animation. But it, it it's that the Academy judges animated films just. Based on like almost honorifics, mm-hmm. where it's like I don't know, like Disney's probably going to get it for Wish this year because it's their one hundredth anniversary movie, and there you go. But like during this era, I, there was only three movies that generally got nominated. Yeah, but they they paid attention. Yeah, they cared. Like they looked at this artistically and went, "That's a film that absolutely deserves to win this." Mm-hmm. I think it was because it was a new award. They paid more attention. I, to I it. think so too. And now they've just fallen back on. What's ever comfortable.
0: All I'm gonna say is that if Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles doesn't get nominated this year, I'm gonna flip out.
1: It probably won't because they'll just be like, "Well, oh, we did Spider Verse the last time, and this is just doing kind of what Spider Verse does. Who cares? We yeah. don't need to reward that twice." I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna freak out if it doesn't. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> this, is a, this is a good year. This was a great year for animation. It's a really good thing. stacked year, and so help me God, if Wish wins,
0: it won't. Okay, I don't think it will. All right, we'll see. Yeah, no, I don't think it will. Um, but yeah, uh. It, We've we've talked a bit before about how the academy sucks with animation. Yep. Um, they
1: should just have people who work in animation handle this instead of just like people who don't give a shit.
0: Yeah, people who are voting because this is the movie that their kid made them watch more times yeah. than anything else. Um yeah, because that's very frustrating.
1: Yes. I mean I will say like and I don't care about this, but someone came to work to uh watch the boy in their heron with their kid, and I don't think they knew about it. Their kid was like maybe five and they had to leave like 20 minutes in and spoil the big chunk of the movie because like this part was just really intense for him and I'm like well.
0: <laughs> That's a Ghibli film.
1: I mean mm-hmm. it's a Ghibli film and I'm like well I I guess first 20 minutes of the movie it's not the worst spoiler in the world and I don't mm-hmm. care but you just really just dumped that on me huh? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I think they just assume like if you work in the movie theater you've seen it.
1: No I'm working. I don't watch the movies. I'm Well working. they don't know that. <laughs> That's what everyone always thinks with your job is like do you go to watch movies all the time? I'm like no I'm working. It's like do you get to watch the movie once the bar like lets I was like, no, because then you come out and want a drink and I will give you a drink. That's my job. My job is not to go in there <laughs> and watch When Harry Met Sally.
0: <laughs> so something else that this article from Film and Ether says that I quite liked is it says a lot that at the end, no one from the spirit world follows Chihiro into the real world. She is left looking at the tunnel in an ending that is is ambiguous as its ending.
1: Remember, don't look back.
0: What really happened? What transpired over the course of Chihiro's adventures? There is no definitive answer, but we as the audience know that Chihiro has grown. She is a different girl than she was at the start of the film. And this is just sort of to emphasize that, you know, so much of the story is ambiguous in what it means. What does it really mean? We
1: It means everything.
0: Like, it can mean everything. It can mean what you need it to mean. You know, it it doesn't give us those definitive answers. I mean, she does have the hair tie, like the magical hair tie in her hair when she gets back. So we know that at least something that she went through Mm -hmm. over there was real. But we don't know what that is, what that means, how long they were gone. Like, we can infer things. But we don't know for sure. But we do know... That she's different because how she even goes through the tunnel is different. She's still a little bit more stressed with her mom because obviously, like, she still is remembering, like, everything until she gets through the tunnel and that's when she doesn't remember anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do see a more mature Chihiro when she gets through there. She is ready to tackle, you know, this new life in the new home, in the new place in her you know,
1: where, wherever they're moving to. She's not bellyaching about her flowers dying. Right. Because they are absolutely dead. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I think that is, above all else, like that is the most important message of Spirited Away, of like what it feels like to grow up, what it feels like... To suddenly change, but maybe not even be aware that you've changed. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot, especially in the States, a lot of coming of age stories, like some big event will happen and you get kind of your moral of the story end of thing of like, you know what? I learned something here today. Mm -hmm. I'm a changed person. Moving forward, I'm going to be this big, better person. And it's a very conscious decision I don't think that's how the coming of age experience is for most people in real life.
1: I, th- I, I I agree, and I think that's one reason this is good to do this first movie of the year because yeah. that's how resolutions versus actually doing things kind of works.
0: No, you're totally right. Like a, a lot of like the big changes in our lives over our personalities, our lifestyles, what have you, they tend to not be this like cold turkey. I'm making this big change. Like those sorts of changes don't always work. They mm-hmm. actually statistically never work. Yeah. Um, so when you see these big things of like I just woke up one day and decided never again, like that is the exception and not the rule. Mm-hmm. It's usually gradual over time and you don't even notice that you're doing it. Like you might be taking active steps towards things like, Oh, I'm gonna try to like spend less time on social media or whatever, and then like slowly but surely it improves your mental health. Mm-hmm. But it isn't like this thing that you're aware of, of like, aha, that was that one moment. So her- I deleted Twitter and never
1: went back. And then a bunch of people came back.
0: Right. So Chihiro coming through the tunnel and not remembering what happened to her, but knowing like intrinsically that something about her is different, I think that feels very true to a coming-of-age experience because like we'll see jokes all the time where it's like, did you know that like one day your parents put you down and then they never picked you back up again? Yeah. Or like you were playing with some friends and then that was the last time you were playing with them and you never realized it. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about is like. You just
1: don't realize. You just
0: don't realize it. And that's what's going on with her is like she comes through the tunnel. She has this, she had this great experience, but it isn't this thing where she's like, in the car, whim like wistfully thinking about her time in the spirit world.
1: It doesn't have some Richard Dreyfuss monologue about your best <laughs> yeah. friends you had when you were twelve.
0: Yeah, does anyone? <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, like you don't you don't have that here. And I think that that is just the power of Miyazaki is that he is such a filmmaker that is about showing not
1: telling. Oh, yeah, he's not afraid of silence. And
0: oh my god, it's so nice. Like that train sequence. Like there's so much silence, or just like background noise in mm-hmm. it there is such an importance of solitude and that's something that like our movies struggle with so badly yeah is we don't know how to just like let people well, sit in. you're breathe. afraid
1: you'll lose someone's attention and then never get it back yeah but like no that dissonance though like mm-hmm. you can't appreciate loud big set pieces or loud moments without silent moments mm-hmm. like even in like the most bombastic fucking action movies even even in a John Wick or a John Woo movie you still need silence
0: yeah you need those moments of reflection because otherwise it's it's kind of exhausting mm-hmm. um, after a certain point because like the, like the big set pieces in here are so beautiful and so huge and bombastic, but I think it would be sensory overload if it
1: was all of that all the time. Well, I think that like you even see that within the bathhouse itself where mm-hmm. um, one of, one of my favorite sensations I'm used to working in loud spaces with lots of people because that's just what bartending is. That's also what service industry is, but like specifically with bartending Um It's the point in the day where everyone's gone and I got to turn the music off. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, oh my God, silence. Mm -hmm. And you have that with her where it's like, this is a stuffed building with a billion people in it and some like loud frogs and some silly chickens and all sorts of other nonsense. And then she gets to go and she gets to just lay in bed and it's silent. Mm -hmm. And that's great. (laughs) But like we haven't even talked about some of the biggest set pieces of this, like death by a thousand paper cuts.
0: Yeah, the the paper like cuts
1: that whole sequence there. It's like oh look he's so he's so fluid and mm-hmm. this is when you start to get the doubts about Haku. Where it's like no really test your metal. Mm-hmm. Is he really your friend? Because mm-hmm. like he doesn't seem to recognize you and he's hurt and he's a dragon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Could you imagine? It's like, what happened between you and your best friend? Oh, he forgot who I was and became a dragon.
1: That's kind of just the plot of the new Zelda game. (laughs) Is it really? A little bit.
0: I have not been paying attention when you play.
1: That's kind of just how that is. Um no like that and that that kicks off like the whole thing with Zaniba that's where no face goes find and finds a place to hang out mm-hmm. like there's so many like important things that happen, but like you don't realize the trajectory when like when you see a dragon flying out over this ocean getting attacked by like little little paper dudes, you don't think, you know what, in like twenty minutes, we're gonna be sitting down for tea with somebody who looks exactly like you, Baba.
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be watching a scene where we turn a giant baby into a fat mouse.
1: Yeah. A giant baby that in my mind, I'm like, I know that baby's Tara strong, but in my mind, it's got like the deep wise voices of the babies from regular show. <laughs> <laughs> Cake. <laughs> like that's what it sounds like in my head.
0: <laughs>
1: um, But, but on a, on a personal note, um, here, here's, here's something for you. I got, I want, I want to talk about, Chihiro gets stuck with all the shit jobs, Mm -hmm. like literally shit in one case. Mm -hmm. And no one wants to give her like bath tokens. Mm -hmm. Um, They give her like the tub that's never been cleaned in months, even though that's frog work, like all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Something that is so endlessly frustrating to me personally and seeing this, I'm like, oh, there's something to this for me Mm -hmm. is that it's discrimination Mm -hmm. because she's human Mm -hmm. and I have worked all of the worst jobs purely because they will hire me
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and there are some people out there that like sometimes the job's not that hard but they just whine or they don't put in the work or they don't whatever and like we live in a capitalist world like don't don't kill yourself for your job I'm not asking very much but like the bare minimum Mm -hmm. like because when you work with a coworker, like if you don't do your job, you make it harder on them. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair. Mm-hmm. We're all in this together. God damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's us against the customers. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked all of the fucking worst jobs because no one wants to hire a trans person. Mm-hmm. And that's so much of this is of like feels like a very relatable experience for me that I don't know if that's, I don't, I don't know if people grasp that. Just okay. the, the concept of this being like, Discrimination in kind of the workplace.
0: Yeah. no, And I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because you're totally right. Like I think a lot about the jobs where people like turn their nose down at it. It's like I could never work at McDonald's or I could never work here. That's gross or whatever. And I think constantly like there are people in this world where those are the only jobs that they can have Mm -hmm. because they either want to put people out of the limelight. Like we don't want customers to see you.
1: Oh, yeah. Which I know that's a thing. Like that time I got fired from a taco place because I didn't have the right look for front of house. It was fine when I was working at Expo, but now the customers can see me. Oh, the owners wouldn't stand for that.
0: Right. Like, and this is a thing that is so unfortunately common. And it's one of those weird workarounds that people get to still be discriminatory in the workplace because – like I remember when Ohio passed something where it was like you couldn't discriminate against people in the workplace anymore. Like you can't
1: fire people for being yeah. You whatever. can't and fire like,
0: them for being gay or trans.
1: And it's like he, the, here's the thing: they'll find a way. Yeah. If they don't like you, they'll find a reason to get rid of you. Yeah. And promise me they do. Yeah.
0: They just won't put put it in paperwork of like oh it's because they were trans like that's the only thing that changed oh yeah is they can't put it in a document and get away with it oh yeah now they just got to come up with whatever bullshit they want and most states in America are right to work states which means they can fucking fire you for whatever reason they want anyway
1: oh yeah when I got fired from that checklist taco place they uh they said, oh, well, we're just getting rid of people because it was only seasonal help. I wasn't hired as seasonal help, mm-hmm. but we're getting rid of everyone. Um, and it's based on seniority. They kept people hired after me and then moved people who were also getting let go to the new location. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, no, I get it. And the thing is, legally, you didn't even have to give me like that reason. Mm-hmm. Like you could have just been like, bye. But they wanted to have like a sit down conversation with me at corporate to like cover their own ass about it.
0: Yeah, because they were clearly firing you because you were trans and yeah. they didn't. Want to get in trouble for that?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. So like, whatever. Um, that's just a thing that happens. But I just feel like, in a different world, like if you're not up to snuff, like you get you get you get canned. Mm-hmm. And Shahiro has to work hard. Like Haku says, like specifically, when you go to the boiler man, you need to work hard. It's gonna be hard work, but he's gonna give you a job. When you work in the bathhouse, you need to work hard because if you don't, they will cast you aside. Mm-hmm. And that that shit where it's like I have to be better than all of my coworkers or they will find a reason to get rid of me. So That's it, what it feels like and, my entire adult life.
0: And that's something that like fucking kills me at capitalism. I mean one of many things I should say that kills me about capitalism is that there is a part of me that is like I don't want to give people – like a, a smidge more than what I'm willing to give because I know ultimately like I'm replaceable they don't care about me if, if they could find somebody who can do they don't what care I about do you, for they cheaper, care about your labor exactly like I know that in my heart of hearts but then at the same time you know I obviously am not trans but I am queer I am fat mm-hmm. I am loud those are three things that A lot of sure don't like those in women. They sure don't like that in women at all. And I've always kind of had that thing in the back of my mind of like, they're looking for a reason to get rid of me. They are looking for a reason to not have to deal with me because I'm a difficult person for them to work with because I don't let people get away with bullshit. I'm not a pushover. And so I have this also thought of like, I have to work really, really hard and, you know, kind of work myself to the bone in some instances or else I will get fired, and then I have to try to figure out another place that's going to trust me to let me work for them, which is, that's the hard part, is Mm -hmm. getting in there. Once I'm in, I'm fine, but getting to that place is really, really difficult. And then I will see somebody else who works in like a similar capacity or whatever that takes for granted like their ability to immediately get hired elsewhere. If they, if they really try, like I've had coworkers who were like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to quit. This place sucks. Or like when people say like, Oh, you work at Starbucks. Well, did you know that they're supporting genocide? You should quit your job. And it's like the people who work at Starbucks probably don't fucking agree with their business practices or how their corporate is spending their money. But unless you can provide that worker with another job and another source of income, shut the fuck up mm-hmm. because a lot of people who work in these places work there because that's who will hire them. Yep. The amount of queer people or alternative people that work at Chipotle or Starbucks because they're, two they're the ones that will hire that them? don't care what you actually yeah. look like. Like that's why you, every Chipotle looks like it could also be a pop punk band because it's one of the few establishments that's like, yeah, I don't care if you have piercings and like dye your hair weird colors. That's cool. So you're either,
1: you should just dye your hair a normal color. Then you'll have an easier time. And that's what it is. It's
0: like, you're either telling them that they need to sacrifice their individuality and their individual expression to work somewhere else. Or you're telling them that like, Oh, you're supporting this with your labor. It's like, we live in a capitalist society. Like, it's bullshit. And a lot of us get forced into places and lines of work that we don't want, but it's what we have. Mm-hmm. So, like, it just it drives me.
1: I mean, we're all just trying to get by.
0: Yeah, like, it just, but it just drives me nuts. I've worked with people before who I like watch them like actively not do their job or half ass. And it's not because they're like sticking it to the man or anything. It's just because they're fucking lazy. And I'm like, I've never I'm here to get paid. Yeah. I've never been able to be that person. I don't
1: have that luxury. I
0: don't, yeah, that's I don't I, have that luxury. I don't
1: have the luxury of showing up to be paid, not showing up to work.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yes,
1: man. Shit sucks like that, huh?
0: Yeah. And like, obviously we even have the privilege of being white people. Like it's, doubly worse yeah. when you're a person of color um and, and but it is just like it's such a, a thing
1: people take for granted that they don't realize that they're taking for granted and there's so much of this movie that can tell this story mm-hmm. like it's, it's the thing that like i've not seen anybody digest that part of this mm-hmm. in any of the writing i've read about it and i don't know i think i think that the, that's an interesting thing to to talk about especially because like just in general like Capitalist or not, like a certain work ethic is a good thing to cultivate.
0: I agree. Because like, it is ex- a form
1: of hustle for yourself is yeah. a good thing to foster.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, like, I, I want to make it very clear, like, it's very hard to do that, especially in the face of the world that we're in right now where everything feels like shit. Yeah. Like it is so hard to want to try. Oh, trust
1: me, getting up Ugh. this morning to record this episode was a doozy. Oh, it was not it was not fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm still kind of like hurting a little bit.
1: Yeah. But uh, like, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking about where we are right now versus when we did American Pie last year, we're doing a way better movie to start <laughs> off the year than we did last year.
0: Yeah, maybe we're setting the tone appropriately. Maybe.
1: And when we did that episode then, I was six months into unemployment. That would last for like another five months. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Things things seem to turn around pretty okay. Yeah. So I, that, it, that, that feels optimistic to me. The way that this movie feels optimistic to me. there's, there's, This just feels like the right movie to be doing now. I agree. And it's a great coming-of-age story because it's goddamn masterpiece.
0: <laughs> well, I guess with that being said, um, I'll ask the question. Spirited Away is asking you to the prom. Is it a yes, a no, a maybe? Or are you buying them a ticket so they can go on their own? No, it's a yes. I assumed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, every Miyazaki movie is a Yes nearly every Ghibli movie is a yes. Mm-hmm. There's there's a couple like Tales of Earthsea that not the best. <laughs>
0: um,
1: you know, cer- certainly not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's like unfair when you're going up against yourself. Right. Um, Yeah, like this is in my top five uh, Ghibli movies easily. I don't know where because it just, you know, why would we pit strong women against each other? Because right. every one of these movies has a female lead. <laughs> um, and so we'll do pretty much all of them at some point. But yeah, it's just, it's it's so good. It's it's a masterpiece. The sub's great. The dub's great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no wrong way to be watching this movie.
0: Yeah, and it's a great way to kick off the year. So if you're looking for a way to start your 2024, Spirited Away is a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. All righty, that takes us out on our first episode of 2024. Thank you again for listening. You can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky at This Prom. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Blue Sky, TikTok at BJ Colangelo.
1: And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Velociraptor or on Blue Sky at Harmony Colangelo.
0: And as always, thank you to the Sonderbombs for allowing us to use title as our theme song. What band, Harmony? Do you want people... This is the first one of the year. Yeah. Who Who are you recommending people check out to listen to?
1: The band I'm recommending today is A Giant Dog.
0: Oh, I love A Giant Dog. I
1: also love A Giant Dog. Um. They are a like kind of garage rock punk band that's been around for a little bit. Um, they're heavily influenced by like seventies glam and they released an album last year that I rather liked. It's called bite because mm-hmm. all of their albums have ridiculously simple titles. Mm-hmm. And the reason I chose this is interesting because what do you choose to go with this movie? That's inspired by this movie, both as a musical motif and by, as a theme, um, it's got beautiful orchestration. Like the score of this movie's great. Doesn't really work for indie music. So what we're going with is a rock opera concept album <laughs> done by a garage rock band.
0: Oh, amazing.
1: Yes. So um, it's about a place called Avalonia. It's a different world. A lot of songs about um, building yourself up and establishing your sense of self. I feel like all this feels very, very appropriate. Um, Also, it's got a lovely string section that I don't know if I've ever heard them use before. But, like, listen to this album by a giant dog and then listen to their back catalog full of, like, just pop bangers.
0: Amazing. Yeah, a giant dog, they rule. Wonderful. (laughs) All righty, y'all. We will see you next week. And as always, save that last dance for us. Bye.
1: Bye. Face, why don't you stay with me? I could use a good helper. Uh, uh. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me.